Welcome to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast, where you hear the good, the bad, and the ugly of how real estate agents overcame challenges and grew their business. Check out the episode notes at crushitinre.com slash podcast. Now here's your host, Lindsay Favaza. Welcome back to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Favaza with, of course, Crush It in Real Estate. And I am sitting here today with Susanna Medrano. I think I did it right. Susanna Medrano. Yeah. Nailed it. Excellent. Um, I am here today with her. She and I were connected um, through a mutual party uh, recently. And I looked at her stats and her resume and her history, and I was so freaking impressed. So I am super excited to bring her to you all this morning. So welcome to the podcast, Susanna. Well, thank you, Lindsay. I'm super honored. And again, I'm glad that we were connected somewhere around the universe. And <laughs> here we are on a beautiful Stars Tuesday morning, right? Tuesday yep. morning. Yep. So I wanted to first talk about your experience because you are now a coach, but I want to go back just like we always do. I don't normally have coach or, you know, leadership type people on the podcast, but I thought that it was really valuable that you have so much past experience, but now you can kind of enlighten our audience on what they should be preparing for um, now and with the changing market. So you started in real estate in 2013, which we are now in 2022. So nine years ago, you have... Um, in your very first year in real estate, you sold 45 homes and that was as a buyer's agent, which is like incredible. I read it and I'm like, that must be wrong. <laughs> That's so crazy. I have the gray hair, the, the little white stripe here that started forming to, to show for it. <laughs> yep. I'm sure that was a stressful year, but your second year, you took on more listings at that point and you went up to 60. So I'm assuming year two was even more stressful because now you're dealing with sellers and buyers and you had even more transactions. So after that, she pivoted into leadership, but let's go back to those first two years. Talk to me about how you got off the ground so fast. What were the steps that you took? Um, and just explain to us how you got into real estate in the first place and all of that good stuff. You know, it's, it's one of those things. Um, I've been reading some stuff about Winston Churchill. In fact, I've been on this, this kick of just reading about just some of our founders of things. And he had this quote, like, if you're going through hell, keep going. Right. And I I would have to describe, you know, the first few years of exactly that. That's exactly what what took place. And I mean, I sit in front of you today, Lindsay, like I was not supposed to be a salesperson. I wasn't even supposed to be a realtor. Like I was supposed to be marching in some protests, fighting the good fight for some cause, which I had been doing like right out of college. And so luckily, I, you know, my story is there was this transformational conversation over scotch where I was approached by a good friend. Scotch of mine. will do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> free ticket, you know, at this gala. And he's like, Susanna, I just saw you work the room. Come work for me as an agent, a real estate agent. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, 32, 33 years old at that point. Right. Like making it, but not like just floating. And when I got home and I realized I'm like, this is actually something this is actually an opportunity. And, you know, I may have not have taken other opportunities that had presented itself, but this, there was something about this specific moment in time where I said, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it help. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and quit my job making 35,000 a year. And I'm going to get licensed in three months. 
which I did. So then I joined the brokerage in September ish. And it was all about this thing called our phone, the friend, a friend that I had to make really good friends with, which I was already good, but I wasn't great. So it was very easy for me to pivot. All I had to do was just make a friend on the phone just so that I can get in front of them so that I could close them. Like it was just something I was like, man, all the other phone calls I was taking for the last like five, six years were always something horrible. Like, you know, just, you know, somebody needing resources, somebody needing this. But here's the thing. They're still needing a resource. It's a house. It's a house. Yep. Yep. And they're needing somebody that's an advocate, an educator to help them get in that house. Or to help them sell that house. So it's very easy when you look at it that way to simplify it. And so then that just became my mission. Like I just went all out for the first year, head down, doing fundamental things, prospecting, outbound, inbound, time blocking, learning how to time block in that aspect, and really developing my knowledge and skill base. Like our leaders, our coaches, our owners, team owners, our brokers can only take us so far. But if we're not willing to meet them halfway and own that information and make something of it, then what's the point? So those were the three fundamental things early on. I just was committed to, you know, only had a a couple hundred dollars in the bank at this point. So I really had to. You had to make it work. I had to make it work. And so I went all in. And that is exactly what transpired in that first year. Also growing up. Your dad was a business owner, so he was an entrepreneur. And so you got to watch that. You got to see him grind. And I'm sure that that had an effect on you, too, that you didn't even realize or maybe didn't realize until later. You know, that's coming up now more for me as far as the inflation. Like I witnessed that go, you know, to the you know what, in the 80s as a young kid, you know, his his concrete business taking a massive dip and, you know, him really definitive being that leader of just leaders eating last, making sure his workers got paid. And sometimes, you know, we were hunting and doing things that you had to do to just make ends meet. And and a lot of that too, was even all of my grandparents, you know, that they have, have, have fought for just playing it forward for their children and their children's children to make something of themselves. So it just, it just all hit a, it all hit ahead for me, Lindsay, like it all hit ahead for me. Yeah, which is great. And and again, you said something that I hear a lot of agents say, which is I got into real estate because my back was up against the wall, right? Because I I I needed it to work. I feel like sometimes that's a recipe for success, as awful as it sounds, because it it seems like, you know, well, they were down and out kind of thing, but you have to have something that is, you had said this before when we were chatting before the call, that you have to have that why. Like you have to explain that why, right? You and have everyone to have a why. If you don't have a why, don't even start sales. Like then yeah. you won't be able to face the rejection. Be motivated. I mean, how did you start, Lindsay? There was probably something. There was a thing. I sent a faithful email to our broker owner one night just because I was down and out. I was working at a job that I absolutely hated. And I thought, here's a company that's doing it different and I want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to work for a company that was like, you know, just saying all the right things, but not backing it up. That just wasn't for me. I wanted something that was legit and I wanted a career. And so that's what I did. I sent an email to the owner and he'll tell you the subject line of the email still to this day, seven years later. So, you know, it's pretty funny. What was it, Lindsay? You can share. Nobody's going to hear. I mean, yes, we are. Nobody's going to hear. What was it? (laughs) It was marketing guru seeks innovative real estate firm. That is what it said. 
Boom. Okay. Drop the mic on that one, Lindsay. He called me, he called me literally five minutes after the email was sent. And I was like, oh my God, it's the owner of the company. Like, what what are you doing? Like send your HR person. Like what do you, but he was like so impressed and shocked, but that's the thing. Again, your backup's up against the wall. Like you said, like you, you need you need, you know, you need to make a change. You can get very complacent when you don't need to make a change. Right. And like, right. just accept things. But when your back's up against the wall, you know, you have to make a change and like it's do or die. That's when those changes happen. And I sure. think, and we'll get into this more in, in a few, but I think that has a lot to do with the opportunities of this market shift now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that agents are going to have to do some of the things like you and I were talking about that they have to kind of get back to the basics. They have to kind of get back to training. They have to get back to their old scripts and things like that. And it's going to make them that much more successful. So I'm kind of excited to see what happens, but anyway. um, So tell me a little bit about the transition into leadership and how that was different for you and like what you've liked about that. Cause obviously now that's been where you've spent most of your career now. So. Sure. So about my second to third year, I, I was pacing, you know, 10, 12 transactions monthly, like as far as just buyers and listings, I had my, I had had an assistant working with me who is still with our company to this day. Like I have to give a mad shout out to her. So she was able to allow me to have a little bit of work-life balance. And at that point, what was starting to happen is at the time we were also going through a growth spurt within, within our, our brokerage at Butters International. And so I found myself being that one agent first, first, you know, first one there was the last to leave. And then they, my, my peers started just kind of Pivot, like gathering around me and listening to what I was saying and and mimicking what I was saying. So I think at that point, my, my broker and our, at the time, our BATL, our buyer agent team lead saw that. And so very much so, very shortly after I was approached with a conversation about, hey, Susana, this is what we're thinking. We're about to leave the office to write a book so that we can scale we think you could take over sales. They look over at this other gentleman. You're going to take over ops. Y'all go. And empty splate. I, I didn't have time to go back to school, Lindsay. Like I literally took that opportunity because here I am channeling my father who had just passed, unfortunately, you know, in his last battle of cancer. And it's like, what way to give it my absolute hell? Here's this yet other opportunity from that one conversation. I'm going to go all out. So I took a challenge for myself and my team in Austin will will tell you this, like I didn't have time to go back and study leadership. Like I just knew how to be a realtor. I kind of knew how to command the stage. I kind of knew how to create influence, right? Yep. Beyond that though, there was a growth curve. So I read 52 books in 52 weeks in 2018, all about mindset, all about leadership, all about just creating change. Like, give us your give us your top three of those. My, my number one, which was the last one that I read in that year, and I, I should have read it first, was Extreme Ownership by Jocko. That is for any struggling agent out there, for any struggling person out there that is trying to get in alignment with their why, and maybe there's chaos and the naysayers. If you read about how the military has to do things and just own it, like there is no, you can't, you can't go back to home base. Like you're there. So this whole book is just about the line of just having extreme ownership. And that was life-changing for me. That was that book still to this day, I will read yearly. And it's always something that I gain even more from. That's the 
Yeah. What were some of the other ones that you, that you remember? Sure. Well, of course I remember. Of course you remember. You read them 52 books. Oh yeah. (laughs) Number two was Seth Godin's Lynchpin. Have you read that one? I started it and I haven't finished it. So I I'm going to now there's a reason, right? It has to mix, but what it's about is how you create yourself to be irreplaceable. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm a leader now. I'm not going anywhere, whether it's here or wherever I am going to do, I am going to do everything I can, even as an agent, I'm going to become irreplaceable. So it talks in terms of how to make yourself that impactful. And then um, my third one, I can go on and on. My third one is probably going to be the Oz principle by Roger Connors. Have you ever read that one? No. Okay. Oh my God. This one. Oh my God. This is fun. Like not only for agents, but even for leaders. And it breaks down the wizard of Oz, the characters of the wizard of Oz and the lion, the scarecrow, Dorothy, and you know, everything has, you know, the heart, the the mind, like it it breaks it in and it's all about the line. You're either above it or you're below it. And it has all the examples of like not prospect, like all the, it's your fault. Oh, it's not, you know, all these things that people say that keep them below it. And then it has all these things that people say that are above it. And so as a team, it's really good to go through that exercise of leading someone of like, okay, guys, here's the standard. Here's your KPIs. This is, here's our core values. These are non-negotiables. These are the things I don't want to hear. These are the things that make you golden. Does anybody have any questions? And it just becomes that. And it became, it becomes an opportunity to top grade because what you had when I first, when I first went all in on that specific leadership style, I would have saying people coming to my office, Susana, I love you as a person. I love this brokerage, but I don't like real estate. I'm like, thank you for letting me know. We part as friends. Not for everybody. So that book is very good to get your mind right about really helping people either opt in or opt out. Yep. And I guess what? That. You as a leader, because I know I have to struggle with this, you detach from it because it's not you, it's them. Yeah, for those sure. Those are my top three. Those are I love three. it. Those are so great. We're going to link those in the show notes. And oh, perfect. Maybe we should get you like an Amazon link. So that, like, you know, <laughs> right. Oh gosh. And money, I just, girl. <laughs> I just got my new, my, my new Jeb Blout. Have you seen that one? Mm-mm. I love all the books. You have all the books on the back well, shelf here too. No, he, I just got, he tagged me on this recently. This just oh, no. came out selling, selling in a time crisis. of crisis. And this was not supposed to come out until next year, but he felt how important it was to go ahead and pre Yes, the timing. Yeah. And honestly, it's, oh my God, it's already started it. And it's just, Stop wishing things are easier, like just make things happen. So it's wasted energy. It makes no sense to me. You know, anxiety and all of that, like it's natural and it's normal, but you got to push through it because if you can't push through it, like it's just going to be wasted energy, you know, like it's crazy to me. Let's take a quick break to hear from the number one loan originator, Sean Bonosian of Guaranteed Rate, as he gives us his latest mortgage tip. When applying for a mortgage on a condominium, the condo has to go through a separate approval. Some common things that go into the approval that a lender will review are the following. We're gonna review the condo docs, which is the master deed and the bylaws. 
We're going to review the master insurance on the building to make sure it's properly set up. We're going to review the budget to make sure it's healthy, that there's enough income coming into the association and all the important expenses are covered for, and there's no deficit there. We're going to make sure it's covered for reserves in the future to make sure if anything comes up, the condo association is going to be able to cover those expenses. We're also going to look at the meeting minutes to find out what the unit owners are talking about, what future projects are coming up, if there's any issues. We want to make sure that uh, the association is running and functioning properly. So. We're going to cover master deed bylaws, we're going to look at the budget, we're going to look at the master insurance, we're going to look at the meeting minutes. That's what you should know that a lender is going to cover on a condominium review. Thanks, Sean. Now let's get back to the show. So, all right, so let's go back into your real estate specific type mm -hmm. stuff here. And let's talk about what is some of the advice that you're giving people now, like going into this new market? What is some of the sales things that you guys are training on? What are some of the things that you guys have top of mind that really need to be kind of taught again to? Sure. So it's fundamentals and it's basics. So for both, both, both sides, both buyer agents, both listing agents, even sales managers, team owners, I put up this triangle and it, on the top of the triangle is attitude. The two bottom layers is skills and knowledge. In the middle of it is activities and actions. So I have had everybody recently in the last 30 days, you know, October, November, fourth quarter is always good to reset. Like if it didn't work, it's time to change. If it did work, continue being the badass. Or if it's still something that you want more, let's go ahead and push it a little bit further to try something new. So I have everybody rate themselves there. It's like, okay, how well is your skills? <laughs> what we developed is everybody's good on the phone now, but now that things have changed, there is a massive, massive like deficiency in, you know, showing value, presenting value, setting expectations, negotiating, even being a market expert in their areas. Like that is who knew that this would come out when that back when I started, that was all you had to focus on. And then that was it. That was the game. Out. That was the game. And, you know, as somebody who was in debate in high school, like, give me a script. I'm going to master it, right? Like I can, I can, I can figure it out. So that's the first step. It's like really having agents be honest and a, an environment that's no judgment. Like I know we taught you this at the beginning of onboarding or whatever it was two years ago. Yes, you've been with us two or three years, but I want you to be honest from a scale of one to 10, where are you and what would make you a 10? So then start getting all these emails. Well, Susana, honestly, I, I don't know how to set proper expectations right now with an unknown. No problem. All right, let's come up with our scripts. Let's, let's be real and connect with that consumer. The thing is, is we have the consumer. That's the thing, right? And we don't want to burn leads. And so let's spend time. And I get, I get, I get people to fight me on this. Spend time and write your script. You didn't have to write a script last year. Nope. You have to write a script now. You know the struggle right now and, and that and it's like I'm pushing my agents to really formulate a script, a strong intro, seven seconds of power. It doesn't matter if you're talking to a buyer, you're talking to a seller at the kitchen table, your reason and just getting to the meat of it. The consumer yep. has gotten very smart. You know, they have all these. They don't want you to go through LP Mama. I know people are going to go to waiting for the thunder to like strike down on me. I've literally burned LP Mama, threw it in the garbage can and did this whole thing. I'm like, I don't want to say anything counteractive to your team owners. But the question is, they want to see the house or they want you to sell it. So let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Let's go ahead and put that out in the forefront. Let's meet anyway and let's go forward. Yep. 
But what happens is, is now is that deficiency aspect of, okay, Susana, we're, we're getting there. Thank you for getting me the meeting, but I don't know what to say. I'm like, okay, that's cool. We can work with that, you know? So mm-hmm. even today I have a national call that I lead at 1145. We're all, we're only going to be talking about second pillar, which in our, in our thing is just that market expertise and showing value. Like that where can I go get educated as a realtor on finding out that information that makes it makes that knowledge my own power. Yep. So smart. I like want to be a fly on the wall for your calls now. <laughs> I'm I sure there's other you. people that I are like, how you. do I get on that call? Lindsay, I can invite <laughs> you if you want to join me today. I would love. 11, I, I don't know if I can do today, but I just okay. definitely oh, keep me posted. We have a, we have our sales, like our head oh, of sales too, that it might be awesome to have him like join in too. Cause he even might bring some value as well, uh, you know, sure. to the meeting. So we'll talk, we'll talk after. Yeah. Um, send it to you. Don't worry. But I love that. Um, all right. So this has been so, so insightful. I know our audience is probably sitting here like feverishly writing notes, just like I am. <laughs> Um, so tell me, what are some of the other things from a, like you said, the top of the pyramid is attitude and we've had a little bit of discussion about mindset and about wasted energy and stuff like that. But like, what other are like, what are some other key things that you talk about when you're training on attitude mindset, getting people over that kind of hump of, I can do this. It's possible. Like there's, you know, they've got to believe in themselves. Like what are the attitude type training? You're going to be shocked about this, but what I, cause I've been experimenting with this for the last two months with, which is the agents. And a lot of the reason why their attitude could be poor is because they're not blocking their time correctly. In fact, they're not blocking their time. They're letting the market control them and they're not able to take control of the market. And it's like, I can tell you, Lindsay, I've already had this like time blocking chat like three times this year, (laughs) but there was something about two weeks ago when I did it again that ever, and I did it in a different way. I I had to reframe it. Like that's for us as leaders. Like if we're saying the same damn message every time, and if we're not bringing the fire and they're not going to get it. So that's on me. So I literally started with what is your fa- what is your favorite day of the week? Like when do you feel that you shine bright? Like the diamond of Rihanna. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and like for me it's like Thursday. I don't know, but I had everybody do like when are you that's your day. Yeah. When is it your your blocks of hours? Like when are you at your highest? When are you at a lull? Like let's start examining our rhythms. And then we're going to build our schedule around that. The one number one thing, direct income producing activity is with this. So when you are at high energy, you block that in to do direct income producing activities. If not, go do something else. Go do your laundry. Go watch some Judge Judy, whatever it is that, you know, you get right with. But honestly, that was pivotal. And I've had agents because the ones that I'm like, I'm always there for them. I'm like, hey, if you want to share with me your week of tracking all of your time, which is, it's a sucky thing to do, but everybody should do that once a year yeah. and figure out what to take on, what to take off. It's going to suck. It's not, people don't do it. And the reason why they are doing it is why they're not being successful in sales anyway. So I'm, I'm encouraging everybody to track their uncomfortable for a full week. Yep. And then it makes, there, yeah, it makes then, people uncomfortable and that's why they are afraid of it. But then once they do it, it's like a weight lifted off your shoulders. Well, we got to so. tell them it's okay. You know, if you spend three hours at home, just in your chonglas, you know, then 
which you know what I mean. <laughs> I know exactly what you know, and that's okay. But I had one or two of those thrown at me when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's even prequel. That's a prequel yeah. to even getting right on that on that triangle. I recognize that. You know what? It's even beyond that. They don't they don't know where to put their time. And then they feel like they're spinning wheels and then they feel yes. unproductive and then they start to question their skills and they and question then, and then the, and then they feel like blows they up. can't come to you because you've already told them and they're ashamed. And so I'm all about like I am not bringing any shame, no judgment, no assumptions. What do you need? Let's fix it. Or maybe if you can't fix it or or extreme ownership, knowing that that's a problem, then maybe this isn't going to be the profession for you. Might as well go ahead and cut it off and go get an eight to five job now where jobs are still available because those are also ending pretty, you know, rapidly as well. Right. So hard conversations. It's funny. We used to, and well, we still do it to a certain degree, but our marketing team, we would sit and have our weekly meetings. And there was one portion of the meeting where we would always bring up something that we screwed up. (laughs) And the reason that we would do that is because number one, everyone else can learn from our mistakes, hopefully. And number two, I wanted it to be very apparent that even though you screw up, it's just an opportunity to learn and that the screw up is something that, you know, we all do it and it's ways that we've gotten better. And I wanted it to have that kind of like, we wanted the meeting to have that kind of vibe where it was like, Hey, we're going to talk not only about the things that we freaking crushed, but we are also going to talk about the things that we screwed up because we're going to learn more from that anyway. So I think that that's interesting when you say that, because it's like, you know, people are afraid to come um, and bring you like, Hey, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. But like they should, because those are the opportunities as a leader, you can't help coach them unless exactly. they know, unless you know what things that they're truly not doing. Right. If they're like, yeah, I'm making 20, phone calls a minute and then okay, uh, then why okay, aren't you getting where, the results like so where's this the cape this this system is telling not, me something yeah different. there's something I've broken that i've already pulled it myself like it doesn't I, work like, yeah you're not being honest with us you're not being honest with yourself and then it's just not going to work so yeah that radical transparency or whatever mm-hmm. um i love it okay so we only have a few minutes left, but I want to hear from you. What is sure. just some advice that you would give to people going into this change market? What is some sure. of the things that they should be focusing on um, or not focusing on? Like you said, with time blocking, sometimes it's what you put in, but it's also what you take out. Like, what are some of the things that they should be doing and not doing that sure. will get them through this next couple of years? I honestly do think it, I think I have two points that I want to make. The first one being, you know, it's time for them to take a moment. doesn't matter if they're having success or not, but being real with themselves about, okay, analyzing how, how has the year been for them so far? Where is it going to, where is it going to take them between now and the end of the year? So the questions they need to ask themselves, do they want to change? Do they want to have an impact or do they want to grow? And in that there's a pivoting that that agent needs to do. If they're already crushing it, continue being your badass self. Like, don't just continue going back to that triangle and but working on the skills and the knowledge and the actions and the attitude. Now, if it's not working, kind of half half there, half not, then it's time for a recommitment. Meaning, just like we've talked about, go to your leader, admit, look, I I have rated myself and I am failing or feel like I'm not at the standard here. Help me. Man, if, if agents would just come or if you don't feel comfortable going, find a mentor. We're all over the place, by the way. Like just 
you know, message them and figure out how can you recommit? Because I respect that. And then the third thing in this pivoting is if it's just not igniting, there's nothing wrong with trying something new. Yep. And I mean, success is not final, right, Lindsay? Failure is not is not fatal, right? It's the courage that counts. And so I think people now really need to get, and that's Winston's church. So I wish I could take that quote. I wish that people could just be real with themselves and just acknowledge it. Like, go ahead and rip the band-aid, do what you need to do. I'm I am a success story. You're a success story. It's like we started off you know, grinding it out. And nine years later, I'm now playing it forward for others. Like there's so much opportunity in this profession in scaling. If you want to, if you don't, that's okay too. That's just, that's what's so freaking magnetic about this, this thing that we do every day. And if it doesn't make you happy, go do something else. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing it. Remember in the very beginning, we talked about the fact that there's certain things that like is, you know, congruent between some of the different brokerages that we talk to. And like, someone will say something, you just said recommitment. And that just, you could see me like kind of giggling to myself uh, because that's one of those things. So we just a couple months ago, we realized that on our roster over the last two years, when everyone thought that they could do real estate, we had a lot of people that had joined the company that were then, you know, very, they were disengaged. They weren't, yeah, they weren't really selling or like they were trying to, but like it just wasn't working for them, but they couldn't fully commit because they had a second job. They had to make the ends meet, like all of those things. There were so many different scenarios, but we literally rolled out a few months ago, a recommitment to success with our agents. So what Um, we did was we said here, you know, agents that have been in the business for a long time, no need, right. They know they are seasoned. They know what they're doing. So let people from the last couple of years that haven't had more than like a sale a year, right? We mm-hmm. asked them to go through the checklist that we made. We talked to different agents. We talked to leadership. We talked to staff. We said, what are the things that we need to make sure that they are committing to? And they had to sign it. I love it. Moved into this next thing. So like, we are literally talking about recommitment. Like, we you held the line. Lindsay, you thing. held the line. You held the line. Look, Look at you. And there, our roster took a hit. Yeah, it's it takes a hit. There's people that are like, but why can't I just like continue to dabble? And it's like, we don't want dabblers. We want people here that are ready to commit because then we are not spending the time with people who aren't ready to commit. So I love that you said that. I think it's important, even if your brokerage isn't doing that, even if you don't have a leadership person that's doing that, look at it yourself. Think about whether or not you are willing to commit to the things that are necessary to be done in this business. And if you are not, then like you said, don't be afraid to say that it didn't work out. That's okay. You tried it. It didn't work. People try stuff all the time and it's it doesn't work fatal. out for them. It's not fatal. It You Go tried. That's what you should be proud of is that you Absolutely. tried, right? And you made Absolutely. it, you gave it the best effort you could. Now, if you didn't try, then maybe go through those commitment things and start really freaking trying. But if you don't try, then, you know, Obviously, then you can have that fear of failure, right? But Absolutely. if you're trying and it's still not working, then don't be afraid to get out. I just, I love that you said, literally, you said recommitment. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> we're on the, so, we're on, like, same look, page, same page. But you're in a different market. You're in Florida. I'm in Absolutely. Texas, right? Yeah. But we are all cognizant of the fact that if not now, when? And we have already fell forward, probably in different circumstances. We see winter's already here. Woo, so scary, right? We, we survived COVID. That was much worse than what's happening now, in my opinion. Like that yeah. was unknown. But it's like 
we got to lead our people. And, you know, how can they stay lit if we're not we're not we're not bringing the fire to them? Oh, yeah. Yep. I hear you. And when you say winters are scary, not in Austin, Texas. And by the way, we're in in Massachusetts for the most part. So Florida is a secondary market for us. So, you know, take it easy on the (laughs) (laughs) I'm just in that like mindset of like, oh, winter is here. Um, Anyways, I am so glad that we got connected. I'm so glad that we got the time to spend today. Um, I cannot wait for this episode to come out because I know for a fact that everyone's going to love it and I'm going to get text messages. So I really, really appreciate this. Thank you so much for being on here today. And we'll talk about more opportunities in the future. Awesome. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Definitely check out the show notes. We'll have links to all of her contact information, things that you guys can, and she's obviously a very open leader. So if you have questions for her, I'm sure she'll be willing to answer them. So um, we'll put all that in the show notes and social media links and things like that. That way you guys can get in touch with her and we will see you on the next episode of the agents who crush in real estate podcast. Thanks so much guys. Thanks for listening to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. We hope you learned some valuable takeaways. Be sure to take action and grow your business. You can check out the episode notes and more content from the show at crushitandre.com slash podcast. And if you like this episode and want to hear more stories, please share with others. Post on social media or leave a rating or review. To catch the latest from Anthony, follow him on Instagram at Crush It In Real Estate on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.